We've been preaching a series, started on Sunday morning, entitled The Right Side. Some people think, well, is that a political thing? It's not political comparing the left to the right. It is literally taken from the book of Leviticus where the Lord made a difference between the right side anointing, consecration of the priest, and the cleansing of the leper, which is the sinner, and the left side of the body, which represents the flesh, and it got no blood, it got no oil on it representing the spirit. It was clearly a division God made between the right and the left side. And we see it all through the Bible. And I feel like the Lord has just impressed me to get in John chapter 21 and just stay right there and launch out into the deep. So John chapter 21 tonight, in verse number one, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to hit the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he saith unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and you shall find they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Let's read verse 7 too. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. By the time we come to John chapter 21, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has been crucified on Calvary's cross. He gave his life. They took his body down from the cross. They laid it in the tomb, buried him, and rolled a stone in front of the door. And on the first day of the week, praise the Lord, Jesus arose. Victorious over death, victorious over hell, and victorious over the grave. Jesus began to appear to his disciples and show himself that he was very much alive. That very Sunday evening, he walked through locked doors, walked into the room and said, peace be unto you. In fact, he got close enough to them to breathe on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. We know that night Thomas was not there. They came to Thomas and said, hey, Thomas, the Lord's alive. We've seen him. He said, <laughs> I've seen him crucified. I know they buried him. And I heard the stones rolled away and his tomb is empty. But I will not believe unless I personally put my hands on the marks in his side and in his hands and in his feet. I'm not believing that. The next Sunday night, they gathered again. And through locked doors, Jesus walked in again. <laughs> and when he did, 
He said, Thomas, behold my hands and my feet. It is I. Reach hither your finger. And Thomas didn't even touch him. He just bowed down and said, it's the Lord, amen. And he began to praise him and began to honor him. And he said, my Lord and my God. Right on that very spot. And the Lord gave us all a job to go out and share the gospel to the ends of the world. But Simon Peter, he said, I'm going fishing. Why? He denied the Lord three times. The Lord appeared to him and forgave him. There was a time he rebuked Jesus and said, and said Lord, be it far from you to be crucified and be killed and be buried. Be it far from you. And, and the Lord said, get thee behind me, Satan. We know that Simon Peter was the one that chopped off the high priest's servant's ear. Okay? And Simon Peter said, there's too much pressure. I can't continue serving God. I can't continue walking for the Lord. I'm going to quit. I'm going fishing. And the Bible says six people took off and left with him. So they fished all night. And when you walk away from the Lord, God's not going to bless it. And they caught absolutely nothing. The next morning, frustrated, they were probably getting ready to pack up for the, for the day and go to the house. And the Lord appeared after their foolishness, after their nonsense, in their disobedience, standing on the shore and said, Children, have ye any meat? They said, No, no. He said, Cast the net on the right side of the ship and you'll find. And they thought, We fished all night, but what have we got to lose? They cast that net and when they did, there was a multitude of fish, so many fish they caught, they could not pull that net back into the boat. And we know that from that moment, John recognized it's the Lord and Peter being naked, dove into the water to hide himself. The word last night was casting on the right side. And we certainly see that in verse six. But tonight we want to preach on this, caring for the right side. The right side is a picture of where God is doing his work. Jesus is seated on the right hand of God the Father, even right now. Now, I thought about a verse of Scripture. This is what woke me up in the night. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, in, in, in what, what book did I just say? 1 Peter, right? Peter, we've been talking about Peter who denied the Lord, Peter who rebuked the Lord, Peter who chopped off the high priest's servants here, Peter who said, I'm a going fishing, right? Peter who jumped in the water naked, you know, depart from me, I'm a sinful man, O oh Lord. Peter wrote this in 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. The Lord cares about our being. He cares for the right side. He cares for the left as well. <clears throat> and I thought about the word casting. It is the word eparipto. What is eparipto? Somebody, I'm gonna need some water. Somebody run back here and get me something to drink back here real quick. I'm gonna start coughing, I'll feel it. Somebody go get me something to drink. There's a refrigerator in a closet back there. Y'all go get that for me, thank you. Here's eparipto, now y'all look at me. Here's eparipto, this is what it means. Casting. Here's how you cast. Do you see that? <clears throat> casting, I'm gonna do it again just, just for some of you that's slow. Eparipto, Casting. What does that mean? He said, cast the net on the right side. What does that mean? 
Throw it out there. What's, what skill is there in that? You ask me, or you tell me, what skill is there in casting a net? Thank you so much, brother. There is absolutely no skill in that whatsoever. You're just throwing that and trusting the Lord for the results. Tonight, I feel like you're here. You've got a burden. Maybe it's about your family. Maybe it's about a friend. Maybe it's, maybe it's about something going on in your life and you're struggling. What's, what's the Lord want you to do with it? Cast it. Cast it. Why? Because he cares for you. Casting all your care. The word care is the word marimna. What is care? Y'all looking at me? This is care. It's what makes you anxious. It's what makes you fret. It's what tears you apart. It's what disrupts your day and you're fragmented. All the things that you care about, every burden that you have, he wants you to take it. Now, look, look at me. I'm a left-handed person. I've shared that all week long. How, which side did I just throw it with? I thought it was my right side. Casting. We've been casting. I've got a mess up here. These kids are going to worry what's happening to the preacher. All your care, that which causes you to fret, that which makes you anxious, cast all your care upon him, for he careth. Malai. What does that mean? Malai. It means his eye is on you. His attention is on you. A young man came up here last night to call the Lord. His eye was on him. The, the eye of a God that created everything. The eye of a God that sent his son to die on the cross. His eye was exactly on that need. His eye to, is on your need tonight. His attention is focused on you. If you've come in here tonight, with any prayer request, with any burden, with any anxiety, with any frets, he wants you, just as much as you cast the net on the right side, he said, I want you to cast your cares upon me, for I care for you. Now I want to see this thought, we're going to develop it, out of the book of Luke, chapter number six. Luke chapter six, and I hope you stay with me, and I won't be long preaching. We're going to move quick. Luke chapter 6. In the first five verses, Jesus and his disciples are traveling through a field. They're hungry. You can read those scriptures. You read it while I talk. That's fine. Jesus and his disciples are hungry. They plucked grain. They plucked the corn there. They shucked it. They broke the wheat open, the grain, and they began to eat it. And when they did, the Pharisees got mad and said, why do your disciples do that which is not lawful on the Sabbath days? Now, according to the Mishnah, you, you keep reading if you want to, I want you to read it. First five verses. The Mishnah is Hebrew Jewish writing that they developed that added to the law. Did you know in the Mishnah, look this up, they have 39 ways in which you could possibly break the Sabbath. 
and I won't preach them all tonight, but each one of them has 39 subpoints. 39 points with 39 subpoints. In other words, there are 1,521 ways that you could break the Sabbath. And when they saw Jesus and his disciples breaking that corn open, reaping that grain, whatever it was, they said, y'all have done that which is not lawful. Y'all have just broke the Sabbath. You're reaping on the Sabbath. They brought an accusation against the Lord. Now, I have a question. You just read it. Read it. It's the Sabbath. Did Jesus rebuke? Jesus was without sin. Without sin, did Jesus rebuke his disciples? No. Did Jesus refrain them and said, boys, you need to stop? No. The only thing you see is the sour, critical, bitter disposition of the religious Pharisees. We do it at church. Yeah, you look down on somebody, be the old church lady, the old church feller, looks down and you can't do it like, don't like it like. Listen, honey, you got to get past that stuff. Let me just tell you some of their laws about how you break the Sabbath. Just, you are not allowed to take a bath on the Sabbath. What? Preacher, okay. Why? Because you might get water on the floor and you'd be tempted to take some type of a towel and dry it up. That's considered work. You're not allowed to look in the mirror. You might see a gray hair and be tempted to pluck it out, which is considered work. Reaping. You're not allowed, listen this, you're not allowed to wear a coat because you might get hot and take it off, which is considered wearing or carrying a load. You say, well, I want to follow the Sabbath. Well, just think about that. If you want to follow it, follow it. You can't wear a coat. You can't build a fire. You can't take a bath. You can't look in the mirror. If you're going to follow it, follow it all the way. Thank God the Lord put that stuff away. He fulfilled all that. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. Listen to this one. You're not allowed to travel more than 3,000 feet. Today I mowed in my yard. I've walked today 4.73 miles. Thank God it's not the Sabbath. I'd have been in trouble. I'm just telling y'all, will you hear me? Jesus and his disciples are coming through on the Sabbath day and they're hungry and there's nothing wrong with what they've done whatsoever. And in verse 6, the Bible says it came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and he taught. Now, why is he there? Number one, the intention of Jesus. Why is he there? He is there for teaching. When you go into the synagogue on, you ain't thought about this, but on the Sabbath day, the preacher might have to work. He got to roll up his sleeves and get lathered up and preach. On the synagogue, on the, on the Sabbath, on the synagogue, somebody has got to get up and read out of the books of the law, one of the five books. And then they read out of the books of the prophets. And then they read out of the Psalms of the Proverbs. And when they do that, they would have an exposition, a time of preaching. Jesus is there to teach the word of God. In that crowd, on that Sabbath day, in that synagogue, verse six, there was a man whose right, y'all underline that word, his right hand 
was withered. Jesus is there not only for teaching, Jesus is there for reaching. Jesus is there to reach. His intent is to reach this man with a withered hand. Hmm. Number two, there is the interrogation of Jesus. Look at verse seven. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might find an accusation against him. Woo. They believed if Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath day, that Jesus has just committed a sin. And ooh, 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 shame on you. You can't save nobody. You can't heal nobody. You, listen, I guess you can't if you can't even drop water off the floor. Listen, that's a mess. And they're there to interrogate him. They're there to accuse him. They're there to entrap him with what he's going to do. Number three, there's the instruction of the Lord. Verse eight, but he knew their thoughts. He knew they're laying a trap for him. He knew they're trying to find accusation. They're still fuzzed up, and you might be fuzzed up at me now because I said something about the Sabbath. But read the scripture. Jesus didn't rebuke them or refrain them, and the Pharisees are still fluffed up and mad about it, and they're trying to find a problem with Jesus healing this man on the Sabbath day, and Jesus knows their thoughts. He said to the man which had the withered hand, rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. It's just like he singled him out. This one guy that came in, can you, his right hand, just a minute, I don't know if he, he had it inside a, a vest or, or, or inside of some sling or, or if he's just trying to hide it so nobody really knew. But the Lord saw him. The Lord's eye just as much as he stood on the shore and saw those disciples without catching anything, that they were disobedient and rebellious, his eye was on them. His eye is on this man with the withered hand. His eye is on you tonight and your predicament as well. His eye's on you. He says to the man, rise up, stand forth. And the Bible says the man arose and stood forth. Now, the, disciples, uh, the, the Pharisees have asked a question here. Uh, they, they're, 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 they're waiting to hear what the Lord's going to say. Verse 9, then said Jesus unto them, I will ask you one thing, right? They asked him in verse 2, why do you do that which is not lawful to do? Not lawful according to who? Is it their law or God's law? Their law, right? We want to go by the, word, by the word of God. He says, let me ask you one thing. Is it lawful? on the Sabbath days, to do good or to do evil? To save life or to destroy it? I like how Matthew puts it. Can I read out of Matthew chapter 12? Matthew chapter 12, verse number 11. This is what Jesus, he, Matthew went a little further than Luke did. Look what Matthew says in Matthew 12, 11. He said to them, what man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep and if it fall in a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? Right? You can't take a bath. You can't look in the mirror. My, my disciples can't reap grain and get something to eat. But you bunch of Pharisees, if your sheep fell in a ditch, 
you'd take your overcoat off, you'd take off all your pharisaical stuff, you'd jump right down there in that ditch in the muck and the mire, and you'd do everything you could to get that sheep up to a place of safety, and you'd have no problem with it. And you'd say, well, my sheep or my ox is in the ditch, and the Sabbath, I've not broken it because this was a special occasion. Look at the next verse in Matthew. How much more then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Now listen, he's asking a question. Let me ask you one thing. Is it lawful to do good or evil? To save a man's life or destroy it? He's waiting on an answer. And will y'all hear it for a second? He's still waiting on their answer. They didn't have a thing to say about it. They could not answer it. He's got them caught up. They're in trouble. Verse 10, and back to Luke 6. Verse 10. Looking round about upon them all. In other words, I'm waiting for an answer. He eyeballed every one of them. Eyeballed, eyeballed. Looked him in the eye. Give me an answer. Is it right to spare a sheep or a man? Is it right to do good or evil? You tell me, boys. The instruction of Jesus. The Pharisees will show no mercy to a man with a withered hand that has been in their synagogue no doubt week after week after week after week and he's not even on the prayer list and they're just sitting there waiting Oh, the Lord's going to see him and he's going to want to heal him. And when he does, we got him. Mm. They will show mercy to a sheep when they wouldn't show mercy to a man. America, save the spotted owls. Abort the babies. And we're up in arms about it. I'm telling you something's wrong. Number four, and I'll be done. There is the invitation of Jesus. Jesus looks around at all of them. He's, he's already got that man risen up. He's, he's standing forth in the midst. And he says to that man, he says, stretch forth thy hand. That's his invitation. You know, you know how we do with the invitation as preachers. We say, stand to your feet. Somebody come to the piano. We're going to have an invitation. The Lord gave an invitation. We'll talk about that real quick. Cast all your care upon him. For he careth for you. But here's a man with a withered hand. He's telling him the same thing. Cast your cares on me. But he can't. He's got a withered hand. I may say this tonight to you. He's got spiritual paralysis. We've, we've studied already. The Lord can help people that have been smitten on the cheek and the spiteful problem. And we said Amen. And the Lord can take someone whose ear's been chopped off and fix a severed perception. Amen. And the Lord can take somebody that's got shattered plans. Like we saw last night. Simon Peter's plans were shattered. He couldn't go back to fishing. He wasn't successful anymore. He's going to do what God said. God can take your shattered plans and bless them. Tonight, he can take your spiritual paralysis and bring it to life. He's given an invitation to a man that is peerless. 
This man has come to the synagogue to learn about God, to maybe say prayers, and the religious leaders, the Pharisees, treated him worse than a human. They were unfriendly and callous, and when the Lord said, rise and stand forth, tell me one person that stood with him. He was peerless. There was nobody to come forward with him as a friend. Oftentimes, when you see somebody come to the altar, hopefully somebody comes and prays with them. It sure helps a whole lot to have a peer, to have a friend, someone that's there. Hey, the Bible says in Psalm 142 verse 4, I looked on my right hand, which side? My right hand, and no one cared for my soul. On the right hand, nobody cared for him. He was peerless. I'm going to tell you something, the night I got saved, a man of God had preached, I'm telling you out of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And that night when the invitation was given, absolutely nobody, nobody as far as I could see moved at all. And I needed to. And finally the preacher said, well, I'm done. He walked out of the pulpit. The pastor came up. The evangelist, was going, the other speaker, uh, was going to go sit back down. And he got to the first step and he turned around and he said, with his Mississippi accent, there is a lad here. This is your last chance. And honey, I'm telling you, I knew the Holy Ghost had spoken to me and that was the last chance I had to get saved. And I looked at my daddy and I said, I got to go. And I jumped whoever was sitting on the end. And I got down the aisle way and I started walking down the aisle. And I got to the front row and my knees buckled and collapsed underneath me. And there I was. I, I was this far from making it to the altar. And I was weeping and crying. I was so ashamed and broken over my sins knowing I needed to be saved. But I didn't get to the altar. That's the place to get saved. I was stuck in the middle of the aisle way at the front row. And nobody in the church, nobody came to help me. But thank God for my daddy. Woo, he come walking down the aisle. Put his hand on my back. Knelt down, knelt down with me when I didn't have a friend. He knelt down with me. said, son, what's wrong? He knew what was wrong. I said, daddy, I need to be saved. And I didn't make it. Thank God that night Jesus came to me. Amen. I didn't have to be in the altar. He met me in the aisle. Amen. And he saved my soul. When I was peerless and nobody stayed with me, Jesus met me, amen. It's an invitation to the pitiless. These religious leaders, you'd think religious people will have mercy. They'll have compassion. They'll pray for me. They had no prayer, no pity, no mercy whatsoever for this man. A member of their own race and congregation, they showed more mercy to a sheep than to a human. But Jesus, with sincere compassion, Jesus, who he cares like no one else said, stretch forth thine hand. He also spoke to someone who was powerless. Luke writes for us here in verse 6 that it was this man's right side, his right hand that was withered. Now, we know the left side represents the flesh. I understand the flesh being withered, don't you? But the right side represents the spiritual side. The spiritual side was withered. Oh, my. I thought about what it says in the book of Mark, chapter 3, parallel passage. The word for withered is the word zarano. It starts with an X. Zarano. This is what it means. It's not always been that way. Something happened to cause his hand to be withered. Maybe it was a fall. Maybe it was an accident to him. 
Maybe he fell off a roof. Maybe he was working on something and it got stuck and slammed between something and now it's messed up. I don't know what happened, but he's got paralysis in his right hand because it's now dried up and withered. In other words, I'm saying that his right hand has not always been like this. It's not been like this since he was born. I'm talking to somebody tonight. You're saved. You're a Christian. Maybe you're watching online or in the congregation. You're saved and you're a Christian, but something has happened in your walk with the Lord. Somebody hurt your feelings. Somebody's messed you up. Somebody's done you wrong. Somebody didn't look at you. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you, what used to be useful is now not being useful anymore. Something has withered your hand. You have dried up on spiritual things. I'm talking to churches in America. We have dried up on spiritual things in our nation our hands have become withered and we've operated that long, so, that way so long, we're getting along pretty good with our left. You look at our churches, you wonder why we're in the flesh, why we're getting so worldly in our churches. It's because we're operating in the old nature. We're operating in the old flesh. We think we can get along. God said, I care about your right side. I care about you getting back in the Holy Ghost. I care about you getting some help. I care about you getting some healing, Amen. You know, to become withered or paralyzed, it must be a nerve or something, and a blood flow is severed, separated from the head. Christ is the head. It's amazing how when we, uh, tonight I came through and I shook hands with a lot of people as I came in tonight. We shook right hands. What about that? But now, this man, he can't give the right hand to fellowship. In other words, he's out of fellowship. His hands dried up. You remember in Acts chapter 3? There was a man that was paralyzed. They laid him beside the gate. It's called the beautiful gate where Peter and John was going to pray at the house of God. And when they happened by, there laid that man begging for alms. And Peter looked at him and said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he extended his right hand, and I'm just assuming he got that man's right hand, and lifted him up, amen. And that man received strength in his ankle bones, picked up his bed and took off, glory to God, shouting and went into the house of God. He took a lap. Right hand of fellowship. Amen. Got to wear, listen, you got a withered hand. Used to holler amen at the preacher. Used to get in the choir and say, what, glory to God, thank you, Jesus. But no more, that stopped. What happened to you? What happened? What stopped you praising him? Well, what cuts you back? Your hands withered. You hope nobody knows. But the Lord knows. There's two people in that congregation that knows that man has a withered hand. Jesus knows and that man knows. He may hide it from everybody else, but Jesus knows you ain't praising him like you used to. You used to stand up and say, Woo, glory to God. But now you can just do this. Got to look spiritual. The Lord says, I'm interested in you praising me with both hands. Used to be you'd get out and work for God. Used to have a work and you'd show up. Man, they wouldn't stop you. You'd do whatever. But now you can't work anymore. Why? I don't agree. I don't agree. My hand, I've got got a withered hand. You got hurt feelings, what you got. Used to be, look at me. Used to be you'd take your right hand when the offered 
plate passed you by or the buckets, you'd go down there and give something to the work going on to, 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 try, to try to reduce the debt at the house of God. But oh no, something happened. You, you, can't, you can't reach back in your wallet anymore. Something's happened to you. It's called cirrhosis of the giver. And the Lord needs to heal you and get you where you can reach back and give and work and praise the Lord and fellowship again once like you used to, amen. I'm talking about what used to be useful for God has now become powerless. May I say also, it's painless. When this injury first took place, it was excruciating. But when the nerves are severed, it becomes numb. Will y'all hear me for a second? I had a fatty tumor come up on my neck I went to the doctor. He said, well, that's not cancer. That's a fatty tumor. I'm going to take that out. Man, he gave me some, put some shots in there to numb it, and he cut, and all of a sudden, I felt something warm going down my back, and he said, ooh, I hate it when that happens. He said, I'm going to have to cauterize that. I had blood running down my back. I could feel it. Thump, 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 thump. He said, I felt my flesh burning. I'm awake for this whole thing. Help us, Jesus. Oh, it was awful. And I want you to know, listen, it was excruciating. And all of a sudden, it didn't hurt no more, right? And then, then I, got, I had to drive my, my hand didn't work. I got out to the car to put it, and thank God it wasn't a five-speed, to put it in drive. My hand wouldn't do nothing. I had to use my left hand and take it from parking to drive, and I drove back to the house, and I got home. Gina said, are you home? I said, honey, I sure could have used your help. She said, I didn't know this going to do surgery on day. What in the world? I said, well, he's thought, Dad, I guess it's a nerve block or something he gave me has caused this problem. The next morning I got up to type my notes to preach on Wednesday night. They wouldn't type anything. They wouldn't hit any of the, none of my right hand would work. My left, and I'm a one-hand typer now, and I'm in trouble. I said, honey, you have to type my notes. She said, are you sure you're not making excuses to try to get me? I said, I'm telling you, it don't work no more. And many of y'all remember, I, I, it's all I, I try to shake hands with y'all at the end of the day, and I do like that. I, and, and honest, the, the nerve, something happened. I went to see my, my cousin. I went, went back to that doctor. And I said, will not you look, man? This is a problem. He said, don't be accusatory. Get out of my office. You've done something to yourself. I could have sued him, but I didn't. I just let it go. I went to see my cousin. I got a cousin. It's a doctor. He, you know, I remember the Great Lakes, the word Holmes, Huron, Ontario, Michigan, Erie, Superior. I got a little acronym for that, right? And then the doctor went, this is the nerve he cut. It's cut out this. It's cut out this. It's cut out this. You're a young guy. You don't smoke, you don't drink. That nerve grows back so much a year. This is how long it's going to take you. You're going to have to do a physical therapy. I thought, what? He said, but thank God. I mean, it was, too, but thank God it got better over the course of time. But I say all that to say this. There was a while that it got numb. I couldn't feel it anymore. The nerves were severed. Will y'all hear me for a second? Just because what happened to you doesn't hurt anymore, doesn't mean it's fixed. You just numb to it. You don't have no feelings about it anymore. But it don't mean it's fixed. Well, don't bring it up and it'll be okay. That's just the problem. It's got to be that when it is brought up that it is okay. You've got to get to that point. And the, only the Lord can do that for you. He can take your spiritual paralysis and He can recover you and restore you and bring you healing. You've got to cast it to the Lord because he cares for you. Last of all, and I'm done right here. This is priceless. He said, stretch forth thy hand. Guess what? He didn't put out his left. The Bible said he did so. And it was restored. His hand was restored 
whole as the other. You know what the Lord did right there? When a hand has lost its blood supply, when the veins have dried up, when they've collapsed, the only thing you can do is go in there and put in a new blood supply. You know what my Bible says? I looked it up today. Make sure it's still there. Leviticus 17, 11. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Hey, man. And it's just a matter of the blood. And the Lord immediately went inside his arm and he put in a new cord of God, put a new blood supply. Whatever hurt him was washed away. Victory was claimed. Triumph came. And don't you know, don't you know he probably shook his hand? Don't you know he probably put his hands up and began to praise the Lord? I bet he shook everybody's hand in the house of God. Them that wouldn't pray for him, them that didn't care about him, he shook all their hands because he got victory. I'm just telling you tonight, church, if the Lord can take your right ear and put it back on, if the Lord, if the Lord's big enough to do that, he's big enough to fix your spiritual paralysis. Here's the problem. Oh, I knew it. You must admit it. When he called that man out, he said, rise up, stand forth. That man knew he had paralysis. He knew he used to be useful. He used to have power with God. When he used to pray, hell went on red alert. The devil sent a text out and said, I need all the demons together. If the brother so-and-so's up praying, we got to fight on. But they ain't worried about you no more because you lost your power. You, you, you lost your authority. And you've allowed some mealy-mouthed nothing to separate between you and praying over your family that needs to be saved and praying over your church that needs to be a battle station and the house of God with victory, power, and praise. And we've just decided, time to go make the donuts. Honey, we've got to get over our paralysis. We've got to be willing to say, Lord, you and me know about my withered hand. You know how I was treated. You know what happened to me. You know I'm out of sorts about it. Lord, here it is. And I'm telling you, on the authority of the word of God tonight, if you have this, and I'm telling you somebody's here that does, he said, if you'd give it to me, cast all your cares upon me. <laughs> I care for you. I'm telling you what, take somebody tonight, you need to be casting some things. You need to cast it on the right side. These things that's tearing you up, got you been out of shape. You need to get to casting it, amen. And then the Lord's gonna give you victory and then you're gonna run around here praising him. Hallelujah, Lord. Bless his holy name. They say, preacher, you've made a mess. Honey, it'll be worth it if it'll get your attention. You stand to your feet tonight. Maybe they somebody, just somebody, you need to come. I don't have a piano to play. But the Holy Ghost is big enough to say, Lord, I need strength in my hand. It may not be all the way paralyzed, but it ain't doing what it used to do. It ain't doing what it could do. Lord, the possibilities of you working in my life, Lord, what could I have if I trust you? God bless you. Thank you for coming. Folks are moving. Lord, I want you to get my hand. I want you to get my side. I want you to get my ear. I want you to get my mind. I want you to get my heart. I want you to get my life. God, I just want you to have it, Lord. May you have victory tonight. Lord, I have a prayer request. Lord, I have a burden. The devil's telling me you're not going to do anything about it, God. Lord, I believe you can restore. I believe you can replenish. We're going to pray. Come on right now if you need to. Come on right now. Come on right now. He'll help you. God, give me power.
Lord, I want to praise you and I want to thank you. And I want to honor you, Lord. Here's a man with a withered hand, a man that used to be powerful, a man that used to be used of God. And now, Lord, he's allowed something to hinder his power. And everybody's watching what's going on. But when the Lord sees him in that place, he's got his eye on him. He sees him there. He says, will you rise and stand forth? And will you stretch forth your hand? And immediately this man did so. And he was made whole. When he stepped out on faith, he was made whole. Lord, I am reminded, Simon Peter, when he was told, cast the net on the right side. Listen, he remembered a man who had a right hand that, that, that was paralyzed and has now been restored, replenished, made whole as before. And only through the power of God does Simon Peter have two good hands to be able to cast out that net. And he remembers that the right side, Lord, you give victory. Lord, if we go on our own, Simon Peter knew, Lord, you could wither his hand. Oh, God, help us, Lord, to be in fellowship with you. God, I pray you'd restore somebody tonight to praise, somebody to victory. Restore somebody tonight, God, I pray. Help them back into fellowship, God. Lord, I love you, praise you, honor you. Thank you, God, for hearing us, meeting our needs, and restoring our power and our usefulness and our ability with you. And for this I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. He cares for our right side, amen.